0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. Today I have another bedtime question, but before I get to that, I realize that when I answer questions, I think I get so mired down in the details of the particular incident that I haven't done as good of a job of giving the overall picture of the basics of toddler behavior and development as I could be. Now, I'm sure I've covered some of this in episodes past, but everyone doesn't have time to go back and listen through everything to find that exact information that would be most helpful to them. So today, I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about some basics of the toddler behavior because the questions I get a lot of are around bedtimes and aggression and power struggle types of behaviors with toddlers and preschoolers. So I think sharing the bigger picture about what's going on during this time will be very helpful and give a foundation for a lot of parents struggling through these common issues. First, your toddler and preschooler are not playing with a full deck of cards. Now, we adults tend to really struggle with this concept, and I know I do. You know, in all my worldly wisdom and my brain that works extremely well, I still can get impatient with my kids when they don't act as mature as I would like them to. So think about how you're playing the game of life with a person who literally has half the cards you do if not less and these cards are things like full language skills, full development and command of their logical brain, which counteracts emotional responses, physical ability and development, and more. As they age, they get a few more cards every few months, but they won't have a full deck until about 25 years of age. So think about that. Their brain is not fully developed until 25 years of age. So if we can understand that, we can have a lot more empathy for their situation when they fall apart because they didn't want their toast cut in half. I'm going to talk a bit about development and then I'll talk about behavior expectations and then I'll get into the question about bedtimes toddler development. There are two big pushes for independence in life. The first is toddlerhood and the second is adolescence. Now, kids are always pushing for independence. It never goes away. But the big pushes are those two times, toddlerhood and adolescence. So when I say toddlerhood, I know I say toddlers and preschoolers and I divide it up. But when I say toddlerhood, I mean that whole time frame from about a year and a half up till about the age of four to four and a half. Now, so think of toddlerhood as the dress rehearsal for adolescents, except once they're adolescent, they're big. And so we need to get our parenting skills down well now, because once they're big, we must have that strong trust, connection, and mutual respect in order to be able to do a good job of parenting a teen. So first keep in mind for this push for independence. Which means they want control over their world as much as possible. But then couple that with the lack of resources when it comes to emotional control, limited physical and language skills, and you've got a recipe for days full of opportunities for frustration. We're talking about toddlers here. This is why you see so many tantrums in this age group, around one and a half up through the full third year. They want to button their own pants but don't have the dexterity. Then they want to eat their cracker but it breaks in half. They have limited emotional regulation due to their limited development of their logical brain and also limited language development with which to share their upsets and frustrations with language skills. This is why I say they aren't playing with a full deck. A lot of stuff is missing that is helpful and needed in order to be able to understand so many things that make dealing with... The day-to-day, what seems like so little to us adults, but they're big things to little kids in their limited world. So what can you do? The first thing is just understanding this can help build empathy and patience towards their struggle when you need to deal with it. Secondly, helping them build these emotion skills. And thirdly, is giving them lots of opportunities for control in their lives where you can. When you do this, it makes it much more likely that they will just go with the flow when they don't have a choice. So choices are great for kids up through age 10, and they do change as kids age. But for little ones, ages two and three and even four, you want to offer lots of choices anytime you can. You want to offer one choice per year of age. So for age two, two choices. For three, you can offer up to three choices. You can also offer two, but anything more than three at age three, and it gets too overwhelming. Do you want toast or cereal for breakfast? Do you want strawberries or apples for snack? Do you want the sandals or the sneakers? Do you want to get dressed in the bathroom or your room, upstairs or downstairs, this park or that park? When toddlers get a choice, they tend to feel empowered and are more likely to go along. You also can use when choices. Do you want to do it now or in five minutes? Do you want to clean up your toys now or in five minutes? If you just simply say, get your shoes on please, that sense of independence can kick in and the automatic answer is no, because they want to push back. They want to have some independence. They want to be able to do what they want to do, and the only answer to that in order to do something different is to say no. If you say, do you want to put your shoes on sitting on the floor, sitting on the couch, or at the kitchen table, then you're already drawing on their sense of independence by giving them several choices, which is much more appealing. It gets them thinking, about the choice they could make rather than just butting up against you and saying no. So for more information on choices by age up through 10, you can see the choices class or the discipline tools for toddlers, preschoolers, or elementary age kids classes on the website at yourvillageonline.com. I also get a lot of questions about aggression in toddlers and preschoolers, which is also a common behavior due to all the reasons I just shared. Lack of language skills, lack of emotion skills, logical brain development. So when frustration hits, it's common for kids four and under to act out physically. Now, just because it's expected and age-appropriate doesn't mean we have to accept it. We help them work on finding better ways. So teaching these emotion skills I talked about is really important, because emotion skills are the foundation for social skills. When kids struggle socially, meaning their behavior is likely to cause an issue with others around them, things like hitting, fighting, kicking, yelling and getting out of control, it means that their emotion skills, the foundation underneath is what needs the work. Emotion skills are recognizing one's own emotions as well as, and a little more advanced, but recognizing the emotions of others and responding appropriately. Now being able to label those emotions, the social piece is the behavior that follows due to the underlying emotion. Good social skills are sharing frustrations through communication, knowing when and how to calm down first before engaging in a verbal exchange. This takes some practice, but we start with the emotion skills and teaching toddlers and preschoolers to recognize their emotions and label them properly, angry, frustrated, surprised, hurt, sad, happy, etc., Once they can do this, then they can learn to put a space between their emotion and their reaction to the emotion and respond in more appropriate ways to their anger, frustrations, hurts, and upsets. Now, the class on tantrums goes into details on not just what's happening in the brain during a tantrum and how to help your toddler develop their logical brain, but also how to work with them to build the foundation, the emotion skills, to be ready to move on to the next piece of positive social skills. So just as an example, one of the ways to do this is when they're calm during bedtime or just in the afternoon when you're having some quiet time is to read some books about emotions. This will help teach your toddlers and preschoolers about emotions, how to recognize their emotions, how to label their emotions, what their emotions feel like in their body, and that type of thing. And I do have a handout with books about emotions that you can get on the episode page at yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash podcast. Toddler behavior, toddler behavior. And then the tantrums class, of course, goes into much more detail about ways to handle it in the moment, as they're calming down, other times of day, games to play, other types of ways to help build that emotional foundation. So if you're interested in more, you can check out the toddler class. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. These later years of childhood have been flying by. As a mom, I want to not just be available to my kids during these last years they have at home, but I want to feel good and have the energy I need to keep up with their schedule and my own. So my health is a top priority. It helps regulate digestion, immunity against bad bacteria, and improve nutrient absorption. The gut has been called the second brain because it contains more than 100 million nerve cells. It is a vitally important piece to our overall health, both physical and mental. So to make sure my gut is working at its potential, I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense to improve my digestion and nutrition absorption, boost my overall immune health, and Help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code parenting for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code parenting at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. So I hope covering the basics of toddler development and just how much change and development is going on in the brain helps build a better understanding about why they can be so irrational at times. I'm sure a lot of you have seen this series on social media. I don't know where I've seen it. I don't know which social media I've seen it on, but, um, and it's called Reasons My to- I think it's called Reasons My Toddler Is Crying or Reasons My Toddler Is Having a Tantrum. I can't remember, something like that. And it's things like, I wouldn't let him eat the dog food, <laughs> Anyway, they're pretty funny. So now on to our bedtime question from Trisha, who wrote, We got into a bad habit of holding my son's hand at nap time and bedtime. We stay there until he is asleep. This is getting time consuming as it can take around 20 to 30 minutes for him to actually be fully asleep. Do you have any suggestions? I know if we try to suggest options like sitting with no hand holding next to the crib, he will whine and cry, and it's hard to hear that when we just want him to sleep. Let me know what you think. I have a feeling there's no easy solution to this. For Trisha, I shared the following information, and she is a member, so I answered her question right away. I shared that she's right about there being no quick fix to this, but as far as bedtime issues go, this is one of the easier ones, given a little time and patience, and there are a couple of options. In the classes on toddler sleep and infant sleep, I cover the topic on sleep associations. Now, a sleep association is just that, what we associate with falling asleep. So if a baby falls asleep breastfeeding, a baby starts to associate the breastfeeding with falling asleep and will soon need it in order to be able to fall asleep whenever. Other parents get in habits of staying in the room and snuggling, so if it's an infant or child associating something with the parent for falling asleep, they will need that parent there to fall back to sleep in many cases and will need that parent to help them fall back to sleep in the middle of the night. Not always, but very, very often. Now, in the case of Trisha's son, the hand-holding is his sleep association. So to change this over, she has a couple of options. One is a slow transition away from the hand-holding. This is where she would hold his hand until he's almost asleep and then slip her hand out slowly and quietly. If he starts to fuss, she can give her hand back, wait a couple minutes, and slip away again right before he falls asleep. Now, this may take trial and error to find that sweet spot where you can pull it out, where he's so sleepy falling asleep that he's not going to be bothered by it, but yet where he's not going to start to wake back up and then fuss. And you may fuss a couple times. It'll just take some practice. But you slowly move away from his dependence on the hand to falling asleep fully on his own over time. And a solid month of effort should be more than enough. It could be as quick as two weeks, but it depends on how dependent he has become on the hand holding. So once he's used to his mom pulling away as he's falling asleep, then she can hold his hand until he gets sleepy, then holding his hands for a few minutes, and then soon it's a regular bedtime tuck-in. Some other options are once he's okay with just holding the hand as he gets sleepy, she could try moving to other touching, things like touching his back and rubbing it until he's sleepy, putting her hand on his back until he's sleepy, touching him every few minutes until he's sleepy, and backing out that way. There's lots of different options to try, and this will be some trial and error to see what works best but the overall goal is making him more independent at bedtime for falling asleep. As long as he's making progress, relying less and less on mom, on the hand holding and touching, they're moving in the right direction. The other option is to let him know you will only be holding his hand until he gets sleepy, but not until he falls asleep and that you will stay so long as he's quiet or that you will pick his hand back up in a few minutes so long as he stays quiet and making the intervals very short at first, like 30 seconds to a minute. And then you wanna slowly lengthen them as the nights go on to get him used to the idea that you're still there, but he will learn to stay quiet and fall asleep without holding hands and then fall asleep without it on his own. And then the other option, of course, is to rip off the band-aid. And and Trisha had mentioned that she doesn't really like hearing him cry and fuss. And so this is probably not gonna be an option here and I think that slow transition is perfect for this situation, but just to share. And this is just quitting cold turkey, and this is the mantra method I cover in the toddler sleep class, but this is basically just doing the pre-conference the day before, that you won't be holding his hand while he falls asleep after tonight, then reminding that night right before bed again, and then if and when he gets up or gets out of bed, giving your mantra like it's bedtime or saying nothing at all. Now, it tends to be more work in the beginning, but it's quick, about three to five nights and could be a little longer if he's very persistent, but then it's done. Now, I recommend the monitor method for parents where bedtime is just completely out of control and the kids are trying to run the show, constantly getting up, coming into the parent's bed, coming to get the parents for something else and something else and something else. them needing the parent there to fall asleep and then coming into the parent's room in the middle of the night because they need help falling back to sleep and the parents are just exhausted. And this is a way to get that taken care of pretty quickly, set the bedtime boundaries around that. But in Trisha's case, given how fairly simple the bedtime issue is, I think a slow transition can work really, really nicely and be much easier for everyone. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.